Yay Networks. It's a great pleasure to be here again and to talk, which certainly will drive the future. But governments have to shape the future. Secretary Mayorkas, welcome back to The Sunday Show. Thank you very much, Jonathan. Thanks for having me. So, Secretary Mayorkas, how are you and, and the Department of Homeland Security reflecting on this 21st anniversary of the 9-11 attack? You know, back when 9-11 occurred in those, in those years, we were very focused on the foreign terrorists, the individual who sought to do us severe harm to enter the United States and, and do us harm. Now um, we are seeing an emerging threat, of course, over the last several years of the domestic violent extremists, the individual here in the United States radicalized to violence by a foreign terrorist ideology, but also an ideology of hate, anti-government sentiment, false narratives propagated on online platforms. Actually, big government's been colluding with big tech to, send, to outsource its censorship, which is illegal. And so what we've discovered so far through this landmark case that was filed uh, in May, we got discovery within the past few weeks here, uh, we're still fighting to get more, is a vast censorship partnership between big government and big tech. And you saw just in that intro there, um, we found reams and reams of emails and documents and correspondence where the government is dictating to these social media companies what to do, to take down certain posts, to censor content. More than that, there's weekly censorship meetings. There's direct communication from a senior level Facebook executive with the Surgeon General of the United States saying, hey, we heard what you had to say, we, we had to say, we did that, what more can we do? These uh, uh, government officials, over 50 of them that we've been able to determine so far, have been given direct access and what's called special flagging status to almost on by themselves go down and take people, you know, deplatform them. That's what we know right now, Martha. Hello and welcome to the Evil Lawyer's Guide to Life. I am the Evil Lawyer and you are not. www.evillawyersguide.com now deplatformed on all social media so you know it must be good. And today we're going to talk about censorship and how the government is outsourcing your First Amendment rights to big tech. But that is nowhere near the scariest thing. And that's why we opened with Klaus Schwab, that Dr. Evil-esque supervillain of the World Economic, WEF. Um, one of the... This guy makes George Soros look like an altar boy. Uh, it's just the the level of control. I mean, if you watch that meeting that um, I got that clip from, the the level of control that these people are seeking is outrageous, unholy, and firmly against everything that this country stands for. And I've said it years ago on a show. I can't even remember which one. If you've been listening for a long time, you've heard me say this. The United States is the last domino to fall before these globalists can take over the entire world and run there. You will own nothing and be happy agenda which is now you will say nothing and be happy. And after that, we had Mayorkas talking about how that, in spite of the fact that a bunch of Middle Eastern 
religion of peace Arabs flew those planes into those towers. Every time you hear about a terrorist act, practically it either involves a religion of peace member, an Antifa member, or a BLM member. But the real problem, the real problem is people who uh, are against the government. And then we hear Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt, who is the tip of the spear in going after Facebook, Twitter, and the rest of the social media oligarchs for their... um, for them being in bed with the government. I mean, they are basically, they have a two-way red phone going back between them and agents of this leftist Marxist government we're now saddled with, telling them who they need to remove and who they need to leave alone. And as somebody who has been removed with millions of followers in the week before the 2020 election, someone who was actually blocked from all Google products without any explanation whatsoever. Oddly enough, the block disappeared a week after the election, or maybe it was 10 days. I'd have to look at my calendar. Um, do I believe that I'm a direct victim of, of the government talking to uh, Facebook and Google and um, Twitter and other social media platforms? Yes. Yes. If I had 40 followers and I got deplatformed, I wouldn't think that. But if you got 6 million and you get deplatformed and you build a million and a half and you get deplatformed again, and then you build 3 million and you get deplatformed again, barred from everything, and you have to use an offshore uh, VPN in order to even get on the internet yeah absolutely i think i was targeted and uh, i don't know what the next targeting means will be i'm assuming a drone strike but they got to figure out where my studio is first we have a first amendment in this country and the first amendment is not designed so you can say nice things it's not designed so you can put videos up of your cat doing something cute it's not designed so you can promote your only fans it's not designed so that you can do anything that is accepted by the current administration's governments and or society. The First Amendment is designed to protect the most egregious of speech. It is designed to protect the people who everyone hates and thereby it protects everyone else. The First Amendment is designed to allow people to march in the streets wearing white hoods as well as to allow people to march in the streets with fists upheld against those people wearing white hoods. It is designed not for pretty speech. It is designed for ugly speech. Because if the government controls ugly speech, then they control all speech. Because they can define what is ugly speech. They can define what is anti-government. They can define what is hate 
speech. They get to decide. It's like the old obscenity case where the Supreme Court said what well, a senator was was quoted as saying back in the 60s, I know obscenity when I see it. Well, that's not good enough. Then what we've got right now is a Department of Justice, a cadaver in chief, an entire government supported by the WEF and the globalists who are defining anti-speech they don't like, hate speech, dangerous speech, whatever you want to call it, they're defining it because they know it when they see it. Now, in this obscenity case, the Supreme Court came up with a workable, although slightly kludgy, way of determining whether or not something was obscene. Appeals to the prurient interest doesn't have any redeeming social value and is against the community standards in the area in which it is charged as being obscene. Therefore, something that's not obscene in New York City might be obscene in Joplin, Missouri. But it is not, like I said, it's kludgy, it's not perfect, but it works. It's been workable for decades. And that is, you know, if we didn't have a First Amendment, I would say that something like that would be what would be used by big tech and big government. But we do have a First Amendment. We do have a First Amendment, and the First Amendment protects talking about vaccines, which has been banned by the government in collusion with Twitter and Facebook. The First Amendment protects standing up at school board meetings and demanding that they stop teaching racism to your children. And that is exactly what CRT is. The R stands for racism. I know it really doesn't, but you know, if you look at it, it really does. That is what is protected. It also protects the fact that some of us don't like other sums of us. And we can talk about that and open our mouths about it whenever we feel like it. We have been on this slippery slope, and I'm going to piss a bunch of people off here, but a lot of it started with hate crime legislation. Hate crime legislation, which was basically originally put forth by the LGBTQIA plus, minus, pi, r squared. What in the hell do these people want to call themselves now? The same people who are responsible for radicalized physicians neutering four-year-olds because that day that that kid decided that he was not uh, whatever that kid was born with between that kid's legs. The same people, the same lunatics who have brought you drag queen story hour at libraries, the same people who are pushing this society far into the red line for which we will never come back got us the first tip in the let's call it foot in the door through hate crime legislation it was assault if you slapped somebody across the face because you didn't like them if they were gay It was super assault. You got a hate crime charge, and that has been turned up to the point it's been, (laughs) these go up to 11. It's been turned up to 11 where anything, if you're a member of the Caucasian persuasion, regardless 
of provocation, regardless of facts, regardless of anything else, if you get into a, as Judge Judy would say, kerfuffle with somebody who is a member of any of the legion of protected classes now on the books, you're not just going to get charged with running your mouth. You're not going to just get charged with threats. You're going to get charged with terroristic threatening and a hate crime. You're going to find yourself on the no-fly list. You know, and if you think Nancy Pelosi's wet brain alcoholic self has forgotten about trying to strip Second Amendment rights of anybody on the no-fly list, well, you got another thing coming because uh, it's, it's, it's still there. It's still there. If she's not remembering it right now, she's got it written down somewhere. Probably, probably on the side of a bottle of vodka, but she does have it written down somewhere. And the cadaver-in-chief has already said, if we could steal one more election and I could get two senators, I'm going to make firearms illegal. So there goes your Second Amendment right. And let me tell you something. If you don't have a Second Amendment right, you don't have any of the other Bill of Rights either, because that is the one that protects them all. Yeah, Joe Biden can get up there and say, how are you going to use your AR-15s against my F-42s or or whatever? But, you know, there is a balance in this country. There has always been a razor-thin balance in this country, and it's just so much more obvious right now because we're so fractured. You know, it's not a hate crime for an Antifa member to beat someone to death. It's not a hate crime for a BLM member to beat someone to death. But it's a hate crime for someone to use the word oriental in a search engine when they're trying to find a place to fix a rug. Where did I get that from? It happened to me. This government's collusion with the WEF and the globalists has never been more obvious than the dots that could be connected right now between the globalists in the WEF connected directly to the Biden administration and Mayorkas and the rest of those of his cronies connected directly to Mark Zuckerberg and Malibu bin Laden and the rest of the people who are now being deposed and um, looking at, you know, hearings on the emails going back and forth between them and the government on who they should and should not deplatform. And don't even get me started about Google. Google puts 82% of all conservative or right-leaning emails into spam filters automatically using their AI algorithms. 82%. They only put 28% of left-leaning and Democratic and Marxist emails into spam folders using their algorithm. That is not an error. They say it's an error. They say it is an error in their algorithm. That is not an error in the algorithm. That is a design of the algorithm. And when Facebook uses 
content moderators. We've seen interviews. We've discussed this. I've actually played one of them on the show uh, two years ago of how far left these people are. These people are the quintessential blue-haired, tackle-box-faced Marxists that I talk about. These people are the same people who burned down Portland every single night for over a year. These people are the same people who get in your face when you're trying to have a cup of coffee and start screaming, say whomever's name was just uh, just involved in, in an incident with the police. These are those people. And now... The WEF has decided that those people, there's not enough of them to crush all free speech across the entire globe. And so the WEF has proposed, and I'm going to read from this. I hate reading to you on these, but I, you know, I really don't have any choice in this instance because, well, I couldn't make it any more horrifying than it already is. This is straight from the WEF. Klaus Schwab's organization, the globalist of all globalists. I can't do it in a German accent. I'm sorry, I'd like to. Since the introduction of the internet, wars have been fought, recessions have come and gone, and new viruses have wreaked havoc. While the internet played a vital role in how these events were perceived, other changes, like the radicalization of extreme opinions and the spread of misinformation, have been enabled by it. To overcome the barriers of traditional detection methodologies, we propose a new framework. Rather than relying on AI, artificial intelligence, to detect at scale and humans to review edge cases, an intelligence or AI-based total approach is crucial. By bringing multi-language off-platform AI into learning sets, AI will then be able to detect nuanced, novel online abuses at scale before they reach mainstream platforms. Supplementing this smarter automated detection with some human expertise until such time as the AI is able to take over all content moderation and identify false positives and negatives and feeding those back into training sets will allow us to create AI with human intelligence baked in. Thus, more intelligent AI gets more sophisticated with each moderation decision, eventually allowing perfect detection at scale. Let me convert that into everyman language. They are building an AI system that will eventually be able to remove any opinion, anything they don't like, anything they deem, as Majorca said, as anti-government, anything they deem, as Schwab said, as not not a not not uh, uh, helping the global governments manipulate their people anything they determine they don't want heard before it even hits the internet now the fact is there are only four companies that control everything on the internet 
There's Alphabet, which is Google. There's Meta, which is Facebook. There's Twitter. And there's another one. I can't think of the name of the other one. These companies have... No, it's not YouTube. No, it's not TikTok. No, it's it's the one that's behind... Uh, anyway, these companies... Connecting the dots have already gotten in bed with our federal government, which is in bed with the WEF. These companies have a, since um, the virus started, have deplatformed, have crushed any dissent about vaccines, which, you, you know, go back and listen to our back catalog show on the actual side effects of the vaccines. And I've said this before, you can't expect people to make an intelligent decision if all they get is propaganda. You know, it's, it's, it's easy to hate the left, it's easy to hate the Marxists, it's easy to hate these people, but some of them are victims of propaganda. You can't be intellectually lazy in this, in this age, but unless you have a paper library in your house... Because books are being removed from library shelves, and everything is going online. Everything is going streaming. Everything is going virtual. And the thing about virtual is it can be changed in a keystroke. And they're talking about automating AI that can do all that changing without even a human, without even human involvement. And if you ever tried to get a human at Google when you've been banned from all Google products and you have no earthly idea why except for the fact that you were a big voice for Donald Trump you can't get a human now. The only way you can get a human at Google or Facebook is to file a lawsuit. Well they're talking about taking that out of the equation entirely and what I'm, I guess what I'm saying about this is could you imagine if instead of the um B-A-T-F-E, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, Explosives, or the FBI showing up at your door and asking you about your guns, which is patently unconstitutional, by the way. If instead of that, if the government just hired, if the government just got in bed with a bunch of companies to find out about any weapons you may have so they could seize them. Could you imagine that? You know, that's kind of like what they're doing with big tech is that they, the government has outsourced. The government says, hey, you know what? We can't at this point, we can't quite stop people from exercising their First Amendment rights. So what we're going to do is we're going to outsource it to big tech. We're going to hire big tech to stop people from exercising their First Amendment rights could you imagine if they did that with the Second Amendment? You know, actually, they have. They have. It just came out the other day that the government is now in bed with the credit card companies, and if you purchase anything that's pew-pew-related, yeah, I can't say certain words because this one's going to be on YouTube. If you purchase anything that's related, you know what? 
screw YouTube. If you purchase anything that's related to a firearm, the credit card companies are now reporting on you to the government. What the government has done, they figured out a way to get around the entirety of the Bill of Rights. And you're like, well, that's just the First and the Second Amendment, evil lawyer. What about all the other amendments? Well, I refer you to the private prison industrial complex. Yeah. And on the flip side, the Soros purchased DAs and state legislators are now doing what they can do to continue to increase crime in the streets. You know, Michigan just passed a law that there will no longer be bail required. Commit a crime? Well, you'd sign yourself into jail. You promise to come back. You pinky swear that you won't murder anybody else till you get back and handle your case. And then they turn you loose. They probably give you a sandwich. Why? Now think about this. I want you to think about this. Why would a government be attempting to take away all weapons, crush all free speech, promote rioting in the streets, and promote criminality. Why would a government do that? Why would a government do all of the things that lead directly to the collapse of a society? Because their global masters want this domino to fall. I'll live in Texas. Yeah, like, yeah, I know. We say that all the time. We get sick and tired of listening to your live in Texas BS. But give me a second here. If the United States is the last domino that they need to fall, Texas is the first state domino they need to fall. You know, it's funny. I hear these. <laughs> I hear these. I wasn't going to talk about him. I hear these ads. Beto O'Rourke, Robert Francis O'Rourke. Robert Francis O'Rourke is about as Mexican as I am, but he goes by Beto, and he sued in order to be able to do that a few years ago. Because no one, you know, people's news attention span, your memory is short. But he sued to be able to go by Beto. But like I said, he's as Mexican as anyone else named Robert Francis O'Rourke. Robert Francis O'Rourke's latest ad talks about how that our governor, Governor Abbott, who you know I'm not a giant fan of, but I've become a pretty big fan of him, how Governor Abbott will take away your rights, such as your right to kill babies. And Robert Francis O'Rourke will uphold your rights. This is the same guy that said, hell yes, I'm coming for your AK-47s and your AR-15s. What rights are you going to uphold? The ones you pick and choose? Beto? But I digress. This is not a show on Texas politics. This is a show on the government figuring out ways around our constitutional rights so they can pick and choose which rights you have. And if you think it'll stop with the Second Amendment and the First Amendment and the Fourth Amendment, uh, by the way, the Fourth Amendment is the one where they're not supposed to show up at your house demanding to see things, demanding to see the papers on the guns. Where are the papers on the guns? Well, there's dozens of videos that used to be on YouTube before they were taken down by people who weren't told to take them down by the government. Wink of them showing up, and of course they keep popping back up because the internet is whack-a-mole. But with the WEF's new system of AI 
artificial intelligence being used to make sure that nothing allowing, quote, near-perfect detection at scale will be allowed on the Internet. And someone asked me, what do you think we ought to do about this? And I said, you know what? Go buy some books. Go down to go down to the thrift store and pick up that twenty dollar set of encyclopedias and a dictionary. Grab a few dollar history books. Have something that you can hang arguments on because everything that's virtual is subject to change whenever they feel like it. Including this show. Including my website, as a matter of fact. When we were putting up photos of the um, trans-dressed Uvalde shooter, they kept coming down. We had to seek offshore. But you know what? Offshore isn't going to work in 10 years when the WEF gets that AI up and running. And they probably already have it up and running. The WEF is kind of like DARPA. I had a friend years ago who worked for DARPA. That's the Defense Advanced Research, Research Project Administration. And he said, man, anything you can imagine, we've been doing for 30 years. So I would assume that that AI, that can censor the entire internet it's already up and running it just doesn't have its fingers in everything just yet thanks for listening hashtag trust me i'm a lawyer